This is the time it all goes down. Welcome to another episode of Fumble Rooski Football Podcast. My man, Big Facts. What up? You got KP. What up? What up, bro? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. A lot of interesting things happened since we last was on the pod. <laughs> yeah, a ton of interesting things, man. It was, you know, it's quite funny because we do these pods and then it just seems like we get breaking news all over the place and we can't get them out quick enough. You know, we try to let the people digest what we say, think on it, and, uh, you know, hit them with some new new material two weeks later. But things just keep happening, man. It's been the craziest probably six months of my life. But, I mean, it's good because there was a time where we were creating up content and trying to dig it up from the dirt. You know what I mean? So it's good yeah. to actually have content, but it's not the best of content to have, I will say that. Yeah, man. Uh, so, you know, as when we left you guys last time, you know, we were talking about just the um, things that were going on in the world, you know, and how that's affecting the world of sports, especially, you know, the killings of Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. And uh, a lot of interesting things have happened. But first, a little bit of breaking news today. Dalvin Cook, he wants the Vikings to run him that bag, but he's holding out. Yeah, man, I mean, it's the last year of his rookie contract. I don't, I don't really look too much into it. Everyone gets alarmed because it's the path of Le'Veon Bell. It's the path of Melvin Gordon. Even Zeke did it. But the, the difference is this is the last year of his contract. He's going to play it out regardless. But why go to training camp? There's no need to put that on your body. Uh, have a chance of getting hurt for, I think he's making like $1.6 million, $1.3 million this year. So they're either going to have to pay him, which that's really the case. He had 250 carries last year. So you don't, as a running back, you don't want it to wear down your body. I think he has a lot of leverage because trading digs, they kind of built that whole offense around him. Yeah, man. And uh, one thing people forget, the NFL stands for not for long. I think the running back is one of the most physical positions in the league. You see guys, uh, what is the, the median career time is, what, three years? So, you know, yeah, I'm all running about back, these yeah. guys. Yeah, I'm all about guys getting their money, especially if they produce like Dalvin Cook produces. Uh, they really should look at that and really pay him his money because they already lost one of their offensive weapons uh, in Stephon Diggs. Now, they did fairly well in the draft. I mean, it wasn't anything earth-shattering. But I think they filled all of their holes. But that's a big part of that offense that you don't want to lose, especially in a competitive division like the NFC North. Yeah, so, and I would say that that he probably would have less leverage if Alexander Madison wouldn't have got hurt last year. But the fact that Alexander Madison also Madison also got hurt, I mean, and he's not asking for anything crazy. The difference is Le'Veon Bell was trying to be the highest played running back, and he wanted to be not even the highest paid running back. He wanted to be paid like an offensive weapon because he had so many catches. So he wanted to be kind of receiver, and he was trying to get $16 million per year. Melvin Gordon, the same thing. He was trying to be like one of the highest paid. He was trying to negotiate to get a high contract because he felt like he was worth what – um, Todd Gurley and those players are worth the interesting language in this holdout is Dalvin Cook saying that a reasonable extension so it doesn't sound like he's asking for anything crazy he just don't want to go as a running back into the last year of his rookie contract as a lame duck running back and carry the ball 250 times I think if they give him somewhere between six to eight million maybe eight to ten million then he probably signs I don't think he's looking for anything outrageous 
Nah, and that's a, you know, that shouldn't be a hard goal to meet for them. I mean, they gave Kirk Cousins all that money. He's garbage. They so. gave they gave Kyle Rudolph money, and he didn't do shit. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> he, Kyle Rudolph made a play. I guess he made a play when it counted, when they put the Saints out. Yeah, but, but still, uh, yeah. If, did you pay him for that? I mean, because literally he did nothing the season, that season, the season before that. He has not lived up to expectations, and they were willing to pay Kyle Rudolph. If you don't pay a back that you've literally built your whole offense around and shown that he could be explosive, I understand he had injuries the first two years, but, I mean, they they haven't been significant, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, man, the whole time Dalvin Cook has been in the league, he's eight. I mean, he ate in college at Florida State, so – I mean, you got to pay him his money. I think that's reasonable. If he wants like six to eight million per year, I mean, you sign him to a four-year, probably thirty-two. Well, they're not going to sign him to a four-year deal. I can see him signing him to a six-year deal, maybe worth forty-eight million a year, or forty-eight million overall. Well, he better not sign no six-year deal. He gonna be real unhappy. He signed a six-year deal. He better uh, do a three. Three, I'll four probably year do a deal. four. I do a four. Yeah, I definitely do a four year deal with a player option. Yeah, I ain't getting this NFL, bro. This ain't basketball. Yeah, <laughs> getting no deal. at a running back. Definitely ain't getting no player option. That's a running. Back. Hey, as it was said on the two smart dummies, that's the GM in me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, boy, they probably why. think I'm a drug. I'm, I'm, I'll be the worst GM ever, boy. Yeah. I try to make all types of Madden trades go through. So nah, you know. Hey. As, you you, as, long as, you, as long as you keep that guaranteed money down and team option, you good. But, man, let's oh, yeah. listen to the 2021 running back class, though. So, all the running backs are going to be a free agent. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook mm. as of right now, Leonard Fournette, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Chris Carson, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, James, Con- uh, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Matt Breda, Kareem Hunt, and Damian Williams. Okay, so out of them, let's see. I already know Todd Gurley. It depends on how he plays this year. If he does, if they don't really do much, he gone. But if they do, Atlanta will give him the money. Atlanta ain't never uh, backed away from paying somebody. Yeah, they're going to give him the money if he eat. Uh, who else did you say? You said... Derrick Henry. So does Derrick Henry. Does he stay yeah, with the Derrick... Titans or he move? Man, you know what? If he repeats his performance from last year and they don't try to pay him, I think he bounces. Yeah, because they can't afford to franchise tag him again because you're not going to pay a running right. back that much money. Leonard Fournette, he gone. He, I don't think yeah. he wants to be there anyway. Leonard I mean, Fournette might be said, gone before the season starts. Yeah, because they said they weren't picking up his options, so he might head out. I would love to uh, see Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay. You know, because he, he, really he caught the ball. For him. Yeah, he caught the ball very well this year. So it was a knock in previous years that he couldn't call, catch the ball, but he had a really good year catching the ball. And honestly, man, I think he can return to that college form playing for another team. Because let's be upfront, the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't the most savvy team on offense. And they don't have the best front office. They don't have the best coaching staff. Offensive I mean, line is trash. N- nothing. Nothing is there. So He was really I- good last year with a bad with a bad offense and a bad offensive line. Like, he did a lot of that work just grinding. And they weren't getting big holes for him. You know what I mean? You know who I think the problem was as it relates to Leonard Fournette's career? I think Tom Coughlin was the problem. Yeah, because definitely. Tom Coughlin is kind of just one of those coaches that's stuck in like the 1960s, you know, 1940s, 50s, 60s, where he thinks he's coaching a bunch of college kids. What's the you know, uh, you, What's the cat from that used to play with the Giants that was built like Leonard Fournette? Uh, the running back. 
man, there's been a. He was just a pounder. It was. It wasn't that long ago. It, it wasn't probably, Ron. I know it wasn't it was Ron. Like, Dang. Was it Brandon Jacobs? Brandon maybe? Jacobs. Yeah, yeah, just wanting him to pound and run through there. That's kind of how they were using. They just really diversified Leonard Fournette's role this year. We kind of using them out the backfield and not just kind of pounding them between the tackles. That first year that he was in there, I mean, he was amazing. You know what I mean for what he did. But he, he has a lot more versatility. To be a dude his size, you can use him in a lot of different ways that he is being misused in Jacksonville. And I, I just don't think who, – who else was on – I think Marlon Mack probably stays. Nah, because not, Indianapolis needs him. I think he may. They just drafted Jonathan Taylor. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay, yeah, he might go too. Aaron Jones uh, is the interesting one because he was a big part of that Packers lineup. If I was him, yes. I'd be holding out because Aaron Jones was a significant part of that hey, offense. Hey, he deserves to get paid. I'm he, saying. Man, he was unreal. He had me hot in Buffalo Wild Wings this year, man. man I, Aaron that Jones was, is good. He had one of the biggest jump in the NFL. He had to be like the most improved player because – I didn't see that coming from Aaron Jones. And I think so too, yeah. He needs he needs James Conner is in a tricky situation. I think we talked about that before because he has a pool of running backs behind him. I don't think that Pittsburgh pays him. Yeah, but he has been putting in serious work this offseason, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, you know, we want to see him stay injury-free. I think if he stays injury-free, then somebody at least pick him up. I mean, for a lot of the guys on this list, man, this year is like more or less the audition for other teams, especially if, you know, you're coming up on free agency at the end of those rookie deals. I mean, the biggest thing you want to do as an NFL player is get to that second contract. That's the most important thing in your career is getting to the second contract. True, but Kenyon Drake is probably the biggest example of a system not showing your talent. I mean, everyone thought he was a bust in Miami. He goes to Arizona for a few games and has looks outstanding. You know what I mean? They get him in a system. They get some open in space, kind of spaces out for him. And now he looks amazing. He looks like the running back he was in college. Yeah, I think uh, he stays definitely. I mean, he's just he's such a benefit to uh, Cliff Kingsbury's offense, man. Another weapon that Kyler Murray can use. I think we're really going to see that team, that organization, I think we're going to see them turn a the corner and get back to where they were, let's say, in the mid-2000s when they made that Super Bowl run. Uh, near when Kurt Warner came came out there swinging and uh, almost got him to a Super Bowl championship. I think they returned to form, really, but it's a competitive division, and I think that team will go how Kyler Murray will go, and you kind of do the Russell Wilson equation there. You just surround him with a bunch of weapons and use his talent to, uh, to will the team to victory. So I think Kenyon Drake is a perfect fit for them. So that's, that's going to be interesting, man, that uh, – those uh, names that you mentioned. In fact, we may need to do an episode of just future free agents. Like, who's going to be out there? That's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, it's, it's really going to be good. I was just interested to see that running back class coming up because I think there's a devaluation of running backs. So this year or next year, you're going to see. You'll see it if you get a lot of extensions this year. Or next year, you're going to have a loaded free agency class, and you'll see how that turns out. Because right now, signing running backs to a big contract like Todd Gurley, it didn't really work out. You know what I mean? Um, now, right, right. Now Zeke and Christian McCaffrey, they have their contract, so they can change the dynamic for running backs. But if something happened to those two, it could really diminish the market. Because Todd Gurley and Mel- Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott, they were responsible for revitalizing the running back market. If that doesn't work out for those guys, then you're going to see a tumble 
back to how it was before, going by committee and not drafting running backs in the first round anymore. Right. So one guy that's definitely not a free agent, New Orleans Saints wide receiver, Mike Thomas. Oh, can't guard Mike. He's doing a lot of big things out here, man, for people yeah. during his trying times. Yeah, we were talking about this just a few minutes ago with his charity work, man. So break it down for the folks at home how Mike Thomas is giving back to the folks in the 504 and the NO. Yeah, there was news today that Michael Thomas donated, I believe it was $2.5 million, $2.3 million mm. to pay off medical debt for economically challenged families in New Orleans. This, I, I mean, Michael Thomas has been, he's hes made a name for himself this offseason. Coming off the best season of his career, coming off the biggest payday and setting the market for wide receivers. On top of that, he's also was part of the video. Like this, when I read the story, he was an essential part of that video that was made by the NFL players to tell the league that they need to address um to address police brutality and the kneeling and to say black lives matter he was mm -hmm. the focal point of that so michael thomas has done a lot of big things this offseason yeah uh a lot of new orleans saints players do a lot of things for their community and it looks like you know it's a very good story with michael thomas but <laughs> it's all about to take a turn man because it might be 9:38 where i'm at might be 838 where you at, but on Fumble Ruski, a football podcast, it's a little segment we like to call Hate O'Clock. Hate O'Clock. And boy, we got an all-timer tonight because, man, Drew Brees, sir, if you could come to the front of the congregation. Please. Man, we, we got to talk, man. We got to talk. So, my guy, Andrew Brees, man. One, <laughs> Drew Brees. Drew Brees. I hate it, too, because I've, I've been a fan of Drew Brees. I've, I've like... Um, talked about him being an underrated quarterback. He should be a top all-time quarterback. Like, I've shown a lot of respect. So, this did kind of hurt when Look, Drew Brees came out and said this. Ch check this out, man. So, I remember when Drew Brees was playing at Purdue. You know, him being, like, around my size gave me hope when I had aspirations of playing quarterback once upon a time for my junior varsity, junior high team. <laughs> And Drew Brees does a lot of work in the community. Nice guy, man. You know, a guy that a lot of people, a lot of black people in New Orleans rock with Drew Brees, man. He took them to the promised land. After he took the Saints from being the Aints to the Saints. And my wife, the lovely Mrs. KP, is a New Orleans <laughs> Saints fan. I've spent a lot of hard-earned money on mm. Christmases, birthdays, mm. buying one Drew Brees jerseys for my lovely wife. Mm, mm, Mrs. KP And he gonna do you like and, this And damn it This dude <laughs> said Hey man They asked him on a Yahoo Finance interview Hey So how do you feel about What's going on in the world Around racism and police, police brutality And then one Mr. Drew Brees Future Hall of Famer Gives the most tone deaf response ever Well I'm Again I'm not with anybody Disrespecting the flag Man Cap's whole reason for protesting just went above his head. And he, like, look, I know Drew Brees is from Texas. You know, he comes from money, man. Yeah. His parents are like attorneys. Drew Brees didn't grow up hard, so he probably didn't run into a lot of that. But, man, come on. In the current times, in the current situation, and especially where you're at, that was a tone-deaf statement. And I really didn't see that coming from him. I could see that coming from, like, a Peyton Manning. You know, I like I Peyton, but... I wouldn't catch it. I wouldn't think it would come from Peyton Barry. If it would have came from Peyton, Tom, too smart. Yeah, if it would have came from smart. Tom Brady, I'd have been like, ah, okay. Even uh, even Aaron 
even Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers surprised me because he that's, took the opposite yes. approach. That surprised that's me. That's what surprised me. Yeah. Because I was like, man, and then he's in Green Bay. I've been to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. Not a lot of us up there. And that totally shocked me, man. I, I had I developed a new respect for Aaron Rodgers after that, man. After he kind of called Drew Brees on that. I still think Aaron Rodgers is an asshole. I just think that he's smart enough Probably. to know, don't say that. You know what yeah, I mean? He's like, hey, you know, I don't want to stir up the brothers because, you yeah. know, the league is 70% black. But, uh, and then it was just the false apology. And look, we all know that Drew Brees is cool with Trump. You know, hey, be friends with who you want to be friends with. But what really got me hating the most, bro, was that half-ass, half-hearted apology. Like, now you want to backpedal and say all this, but the the really thing that hit home is Shannon Sharp, Uncle Shay Shay, man, shout out to Uncle Shay Shay and Drip Bayless. They put, Shannon Sharp put this in perspective for me. So, you know, Drew Brees, he's very patriotic because he had grandfathers who served in World War II. Yeah. Well, you know, you had African-American black men fighting in World War II who didn't even have rights at home. They weren't even considered citizens in the United States. If you watch movies like A Soldier Story, mm-hmm. it tells the whole story of these men having, well, one, the army was segregated. They have to go overseas to fight a foreign enemy for our freedoms, and then they ain't even free when they get home, and that's the thing. You know, it's just, and I hate it when people who were never in the military want to use other people's military service to justify their points because these are people sacrificing everything. You didn't sacrifice anything. You're just saying that for a political statement. And it was a tone deaf one at that. And you know, for someone who the city of New Orleans reveres and for someone to do all of that work in that city to say a tone deaf statement like that, man, it rubbed a lot of people of the wrong way. And a lot of those people were his teammates and other people in the league. Like I know uh, Malcolm uh, Jenkins had a passionate uh, Instagram post to say, Mike Thomas had a passionate Instagram post about it. He lost that locker room, man. And honestly, I think they're coming together for the sake of the team. But this will be Drew Brees' last year in the league. Got to be because so many people are going to come at him. So many people are going to be headhunting Drew Brees. I just think after this, you know, you might want to bow out gracefully because you're already nearing the end of your career. But it's just, I think this is his last year for sure, man. I really, I, I, I just... I don't know, man. I mean, I'm still a little heated about it, even though we've had some time to kind of come down off of it. But it's like, like you, dog, like you, come yeah. on, you. Yeah, yeah, man. Like when I first heard about it, I was, I was like pissed. You know what I mean? Like I can't believe. But then, you know, I've listened to some things and looked up, and I don't know, man. It. I mean, I knew the apology was coming. If you saw the oh, backlash, yeah. as soon as he said it and it was released that morning, you could look at the black backlash and you knew an apology was coming. It doesn't. Yep. You didn't have to mean it. You know what I mean? But it had to be said because, like you said, the the majority of his team are black. You look at his offensive line; they're black. You look at his head receiver; all the people that he depend on on that team. He's black, and I made a comment. He had to make that apology because he didn't want to be like Willie Beeman out there when yep, Willie was- Beeman's head. If they stop blocking for you, the, one of the reasons why Drew Brees is who he is is because that scheme and that offensive line gives him a lot of time to run around. But Drew Brees don't like to take hits. Any team that no, can he get, yeah, any team that can get some hits on Drew Brees, and it also goes to the fact that he's been respected in the league. And when you're a respected quarterback in the league. People pull up, you know what I mean? They don't really hit you you, like that. Now I'm curious to see how many players are going to take that 15-yard penalty. I bet you that the Saints will be one of the 
highest teams that other teams get penalties, 15-yard penalties against. You know what I mean? Boy. Because I'm if you get a chance, you Murphy when you need him, bro. Somebody's gonna, they're gonna send a message to him. They're going to hit him because, I mean, I've heard a couple of players be like, you know, like what you said, but other players are like they knew he felt this way. And if you go back and look, he made these comments before, and yeah, back in 2016, 2017, yeah. when uh, the protest first started. So I'm not, I don't think that I didn't expect this from Drew Brees. I think that I expected him to be smarter and not to say that in public. Because even if you believe that, it's not the time to say anything. You work with right. black people, right? You work, you sub, you depend on them. You're in these locker rooms. You know them. People, You talk to them. So even if that's how you feel and you don't agree, agree to disagree and just shut up. Don't even comment yeah. on it. You know what I mean? Keep but he, shit to yourself. Yeah, but he commented on it because he felt comfortable, and it was it was okay for him to say it. He got praised for saying it in 2016. That's why he said it. He was tone deaf of the shift, just like Roger Goodell and all these people are. They're tone deaf that it's changed. It's not like 2016. So people, you know what? Oh, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, I'm glad you mentioned Roger Goodell because his ass is going in his eight o'clock too. Oh yeah, he's so next. Keep, but, keep going, keep going. But I, but I was mad that Drew Brees wasn't aware enough. Like you said, he was tone deaf. He didn't even have the respect for his teammates to even. And he kneeled. He kneeled at some point. So if it's so disrespectful and you say that and you kneeled, it doesn't matter why Man, you did it. You if it's what? disrespectful, there's, you you kneeled at some point. It, Exactly, and it was a PR stunt, man. Like when Jerry Jones took that knee. Come on, man. It but, was but, a whole PR. But if stunt. it's so disrespectful, and you truly in your heart feels like it this this disrespectful, why would he you kneel did. for PR? Exactly. You're still disrespecting your grandfather, so it's, grandfather, so it's BS. If you're saying that that's so disrespectful that it disrespects your grandfather, then nobody could ever make you do it as a PR move to appease anyone. So by you exactly. saying that, it's a lazy take because it's just propaganda speech that keep people from peacefully protesting that's why you have these riots because you can't peacefully protest but then when you get angry you say that they should peacefully protest now you're seeing that it's better for people to peacefully protest and burn down and riot and do all these things and now you're you're made aware because people are angry so now you want to turn now everybody want to turn and say it's okay to peacefully protest using the military or the armed services like you said is the laziest response if you pay attention or read anything, Colin Kaepernick said that this is what he was informed by friends that were in the armed services. They told him yeah, the best because, way to uh, do it. In fact, the gentleman, I remember the gentleman who he got the idea from. Uh, it was Boyer was his name. He used to long snap at Texas. And then he ended up getting drafted by the Seahawks. But he was in the military because he was like one of those players who played college football after he uh, did his military service. Yeah. But he met with Colin Kaepernick, and they more or less, you know, he said, hey, instead of sitting for the national anthem, you know, I think one thing, if you don't want to disrespect the armed service, like, you know, members of the armed services, just take a knee, kneel. Because that's what a lot of people do in tribute, and so that's where the concept of kneeling came from. So everybody knows why he's put it out there himself, why he chose to take the knee instead of just sitting. And and people are just so tone deaf. They People know, look, I'm gonna go off the cuff for a minute because it's still frustrating me now. People only comprehend what they want to comprehend. They Always. know what's going on out here. They're they, not they, dumb. They That's what I say. These exactly. times make smart people act stupid. 
Exactly, because it's all good when a black player is out there running that ball, putting their bodies on the line, or, you know, playing sports, entertaining you. But when black issues come to the forefront, now you just want to turn a deaf ear. You want to turn the other cheek and not pay any attention to it. Shame on Drew Brees for saying that shit. Shame on him. And I wouldn't wish ill on any man, but whatever happens to him, happens to him. I'm sure, you know, they'll they'll protect him because, you know, most quarterbacks get protected these days unless your name is Cam Newton. But, uh, you know, it's just shame on him and also shame on Roger Goodell because you could have circumvented all of this. Roger Goodell could have circumvented all of this. And now you're sitting here looking like a sucker with the whole Rooney rule thing. And now they have like, you know, racial, uh, they having like some type of racial hiring or it's a hiring event basically to influence teams to take black coaches and now you say oh well we're gonna stand behind our players and we stand behind the black lives matter movement but you effectively allow one man to get blackballed when he was doing those things when he was standing up because let's be honest man roger goodell the, the commissioner is a puppet for the owners yes they put definitely. him out there he does he does what they want him to do i, I want everyone to understand purpose. that that that's why I mean you can hate him whatever I actually think Roger Goodell is great at his job because he he takes the heat for the owners everything that Roger Goodell says is a majority vote from the owners he's not making these decisions he's just taking the heat you don't know what he believes or what he wants to do but they pay him very very well yeah, he can pay like 30, 40 million a year. Yes. So, I mean, shit. And, it, and, and it's politics even within that circle of what decisions are being made. Like when all that stuff was happening with Jerry Jones and those fines, the only reason it happened was because the other owners was against Jerry Jones. If they decide mm-hmm. to, when um, the Patriots are going through that and the Patriots got punished and Robert Kraft paid, that's because the majority of the owners directed Goodell against that. Goodell is not yep. his, his own entity, but he's so good at his job. He looks like he's his own entity and he's making all these decisions by himself, but he's not. It's the owners. He's a shield for the owners. Yep, shield for the shield. But, shield uh, for the shield. So, I, I mean. But I, I did want to make a point that the one thing that really pisses me off about the whole cat thing is that he was not seeking attention when this happened. You know, he wasn't doing this. He wasn't in front of the cameras and saying something. People started putting a camera in his face to speak about it. But he was just peacefully kneeling. He had been doing it for a couple of games, I believe, in the preseason before people picked up on it. So it's not like he was even doing it for attention. He was doing it as a protest and he wasn't out. Yeah, he wasn't out blatantly disrespecting anyone. But because no one in America likes when black folks or people with power protest black folks with power protest they made it a thing and the only way that they could really you know go against it because it was peaceful was to say it's disrespectful of the flag but understand that the nfl isn't doing all that shit for the flag because it's patriotic and everyone in the nfl yeah they got paid like nine million dollars by the department of defense they get paid to do that whole flag ceremony and to have everybody out there standing with their arms but it's a big ass recruitment ceremony for people for patriotism but that's about we we about the same age. We've been watching football a long time. Yeah. When do you remember before 2009? They used to never air the anthem. You would go, man, they cut from the pregame and go straight into the kickoff, man. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's why I said it's it's a big commercial. Even if they do it, they've been doing it. But it, the the whole ceremony, the airing it on TV, the flag and all that, everybody's standing. That is a propaganda move. You know what I mean? They're getting paid to do that. And if you're yep. so mad about disrespecting the flag, why are you okay when Budweiser puts it on their cans? Why are you okay when girls are got flag booty shorts and dancing? Like you know what I'm saying? We're selective about the and disrespect of the flag. Exactly because like the whole Blue Lives Matter. Thing, thin blue line you know you're not supposed to alter the flag you're not no. supposed to change the colors or uh, like you know a lot of people uh, especially down south are into confederate flags if you were really a patriot you wouldn't even put that up because that's a treasonous thing they but were against know. the American flag. Exactly. They literally, you know what I mean? They they declared war against America. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's just all yeah, BS, it, man. It, it's a mind fuck. That's all it is yeah. because people are selective in what they want to be offended by. People are selective just like people are selective in what they care about. And now, you know, since this has been brought to the forefront, this is the hot button issue. So, a lot of people who might not even be about the movement are going to care about it to save face summed up by that fake ass apology from drew Brees, and now let's kind of shift gears so do you think- oh let, well let's not leave out the fact that he's done like three apologies oh yeah and then when when trump tweeted something he when trump tweeted that he shouldn't apologize then he came back like he's just knowledgeable and told trump no 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 it's not about the flag and then his wife issued an apology so he's on a full you know he's running the people know that it's a it's different like this is a different feel and it's it's in good business interest because don't get fooled and act like people actually care because if people will say that that's how they feel you know what i'm saying yeah he pulled this is in business interest yeah, yeah, he pulled a Tom Brady, like when Tom Brady had the MAGA hat in his locker and then, he, <laughs> yeah. you know, he didn't go to the White House where they wore the Super Bowl. He knows what he's doing. But so do you think with the new wokeness by the NFL, do you think that will eventually lead to our man, our good brother, Colin Kaepernick, getting signed somewhere? I don't see how it doesn't, man. Now, now the one thing that I, I got two things that I'll say about Cap. The one thing I was, I, I don't know the situation, so I ain't going to dive too deep. But I was disappointed that when Cap took that settlement, that he had kind of a, the disclaimer that he couldn't speak about the issues. Because I thought that with the kneeling and the protesting, that was something that he needed to be able to speak up about. And like at this point in time, this would be a great time for Cap to be uh, speaking publicly, but you don't see him speaking. A lot yeah. of times when you see see it responding it's usually his wife that's responding yeah Nessa I think he's, from mtv yeah yeah so i think that he signed some type of agreement where he couldn't speak on these issues he probably did that because he truly loves football and he wants to get back into football but also that kind of that kind of squashed his voice but everyone i mean it might have been too much pressure on him so i'm not gonna really knock him but i hate that he's not able to really speak up on these issues and then the second thing about it is I know when he was first trying to get back in, there were a lot of reports. I don't know how true they were that Cap didn't want to be a backup. I'm sure at this point in time, he's probably changed that notion where he's willing to be a backup because there's been some people like Hugh Jackson said he wanted to sign on with the Browns, said management stepped in. I mean, that was part of the whole collusion and stuff like that. So I think that with the changing of the wins, they're going to have to sign him. They're going to have to sign him because at this point in time, if you're issuing an apology, if you're saying you're wrong, if you're saying that 
you can't do that without correcting one of the biggest mistakes, which was blackballing Calvin Kaepernick. You got to go all the way on it. I mean, you have to commit and go all the way on it. You got to go all in. You can't say, oh, well, because essentially they're saying, oh, well, he was right. But, yeah, we're not going to let him come back. But I don't know, man. It's just. Now, the one thing I will say is I've, I've said this on several podcasts before. I'm adamant that it's not always about the person. It's not always about the per, uh, the the action that you did. You could literally get blackballed from the league just by bringing too much attention. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I always use the Tebow example. It's not the same, but Tebow was controversial too because of his beliefs on you know Christianity, um, abortion. You know he stood up for that, and that's really a pol- polarizing topic in the U.S. So he became because he wasn't because I believe T. I believe Tebow could have started in this league. You know what I mean? Um, he took a team to the playoffs. He was horrible. But, I mean, he was only in his, like, his first or second year. There's a lot of quarterbacks that's terrible in their first Man, or second year. you know year. what? I like Tim Tebow because of his grind. Tim Tebow has a hell of a work ethic. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not defending Tebow. I'm just really making the point that But he, it's a comparison, yeah. Yeah, even if Tebow's not good enough to be a starting quarterback, you cannot tell me Tim Tebow is not good enough to be a backup quarterback for, like, 10 years. Oh, he's the going to be a backup. But the reason why he wasn't in the NFL is because he's too much of a distraction, which means not because of the necessarily issue, but it's if Tebow is on your team, it's going to bring tons of media where everybody's going to have to answer questions about Tebow every day during training camp. If your quarterback is not strong and your quarterback starts fucking up, everybody's going to start because he has his own audience you know what i mean yeah, he has his own circus, yeah yeah so if your quarterback is not a strong starter like a tom brady and you start playing bad they're gonna start calling for tebow you know what i mean so if you bring Ka- kaepernick to the back to the nfl you're gonna have to put him under a quarterback that can stand that pressure because there's not a lot of good quarterback playing in the nfl and if a lot of these quarterbacks start fucking up and start playing like they're supposed that like they usually play you're going to get a lot of pressure on that starting quarterback because the crowds are going to be yelling Kaepernick. The black audience is going to increase ticket sales. That's how it was when Michael Vick came to uh, Philly. Like, it's cool until your quarterback not playing well. Yo, well, in that case, in San Francisco, might as well just bring him back and put him behind Jimmy G. <laughs> hey, Jimmy G, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. If you look at the NFL, how many situations are strong enough to handle Kaepernick as a backup? Not too many. Now, I can see him not going a to lot. the Bears. I can see him going to the Bears. But if he goes to the Bears, he's probably going to end up starting. You're competing with Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. Both of them are going to have terrible seasons. Eventually, he's going to play. You know what I mean? Hey, that would be the ultimate comeback story, man. They're going to have they're going to have Juicy Small Yay play him in the movie. I hope not. Juicy. God, I hope not. Not Juicy. Not, but that's what I'm saying. So if you brought him back and you needed a strong organization where you – where you weren't comfortable starting him off top. What? You could bring him to Pittsburgh, maybe, to sit behind Ben, uh, the Bucks to sit behind Brady, um, Seahawks to sit behind Russell Wilson. How many how many other places do you have where he could sit? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> Not a, a lot. Very good point. You know, the, the Ravens to sit behind Lamar. Or yeah, Steelers, the Ravens I mean, to sit behind. And that will probably be the best move for him because if Lamar goes down, he still should have a skill set where he could step in and run that offense the same way. 
and the man's been working. Like he's been working out every day. I mean, he the desire to play football is there. I mean, he he has set his goal to strictly play in the NFL again. I think, you know, the XFL maybe offered him money or they offered him a contract, but they said the money was too much and they couldn't afford it. But uh you know, yeah, I think the, the highest pay that the, the highest salary of the F- XFL was what like the most they could pay was four million dollars. You can get backup money for that in the NFL. Yeah, I know, right? Like, especially, I mean, Mike Glennon making all that money and he hadn't done anything. Bro, you look at the backup quarterback situation. He could have been in the league as a backup. He could have started for a lot of teams, but oh, as yeah. of right now, with him being out, he's he's not going to get an immediate starting job. Um, I don't even think they would let him come in to compete for a starting job off top. And then even with that, some of the organizations that he would go to, it's just the owners. You know what I mean? The owners of a lot of these organizations. But you oh, know what? Houston, Houston with yeah. Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah, most definitely. But I, I, you know what? I'm going to make a bold prediction right here. No matter when he comes back or what team he goes to, Colin Kaepernick will have the highest jersey sales in the league. Oh no doubt. No, I, 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 I cop one. I would cop one yeah. just to just have on, it. Just on G- and that, that's my point. His support is going to be exponential, so that's why you have to be careful where you put him. Mm. And I'm not saying that as like a black man wanting to be back. I'm saying as a the owner of your football team, if you got thirty million committed to a quarterback. You can't bring him behind Derek Carr. Nah, not at <laughs> I mean, all, man. You know what I mean? You because uh, you're gonna have to, you're gonna be forced to bench Derek Carr when Derek Carr's not playing up to expectations. Everyone's gonna be asking, why is it Colin Kaepernick not in the game? You know what I mean? You're not gonna ask that question about a lot of backup quarterbacks. I would love to see him in Pittsburgh. That's where yeah, I really. I think that'd see be him. a really good spot for him, especially because that could be that could transition into a starting job. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would love to see him with Tampa Bay. Those are jobs where he could sit for a year and then get back up to speed of the game and then transition into that starting quarterback. And I think it's cool to see NFL players finally taking a stand. You know, when Caps first started doing, you know, the movement and the kneeling. You know, it was only like Eric Reed and like Brandon Marshall doing it too. I think Kenny Steele's uh, Beast Mode. You know, they were doing it too. But now I think Jenkins, Chris Long. Yeah, it, but it was scattered. You, you know, know what? what? I, mean? I always like Chris Long, man. Chris Long been solid too. since day one, man. Howie Long did a good job with his sons, man. Because solid, I like that, yeah. man. Chris, you know? Chris, Chris was fighting out there with Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. Man. So hey, Chris man. was definitely an ally. Yo, shout out to the allies out there, man. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them, man. Shout out to the ones who understand our struggle, man, and want to see us just get a fair shot in this thing we call life. But uh, it's cool to see the players taking a stand. You know, I saw a lot of NFL and NBA players tweeting today about justice for Breonna Taylor. You know, the the cops who killed her are still out there chilling. And, you know, nobody's done anything down there in Louisville. But I like to see the players take a stand, man. That's really – it just took a little push to finally get them to, you know, realize – how much power they actually have, man. But that's a good thing, man, to get this rolling. Now, I do want to say, like, I, I spoke about, I read an article. I believe, I got to find that article. Um, but it was an article outlining how that whole thing came together. And apparently it was somebody in, like, communications. Um, his name was Brandon something. But ba- basically they had had some meetings in the NFL, and there was a lot of internal people that did not like how the NFL was handling mm-hmm. the situation. And that guy actually reached out to Michael Thomas. And when he reached out to Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas was the one that started coordinating with people to do those videos on Zoom and clip those together. So Michael Thomas, 
He and um, Patrick Mahomes, um, Ty- Ty- Tyron Matthew. I'm trying to think of everybody I've seen, but you got uh, Deshaun Watson. You had some big Zeke. Zeke was in there. Yep, I saw uh, that. And they said Lamar Jackson was supposed to send something in, but he never sent his clip in. He confirmed, but he never sent it in. But those players were the face of the league, and that's what you needed. That's what you needed when Cap was kneeling. You needed the face of the league players who they did not stand up when Cap was kneeling. Hey, you the the big-time players. Yep, and you got to think about it, man. All of these, especially these quarterbacks, the next generation, Oh, shit. They're Did I all... say Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, but he did. Oh, okay. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's what I meant. But that's yeah. big because he's the face of the league now. And having these young black athletes who are the next generation of quarterbacks in his league, that's big, man. Quarterbacks. Big. And that's that's the key. Because yep. you can be a wide receiver. You can be a running back. But when the quarterbacks stand up, when the quarterbacks start standing up, it's different. When the starting yep. quarterbacks, that's why, I mean, I hated to hear the fact that Lamar Jackson didn't send it in. Because that would be even even more powerful, you know what I mean? You got Deshaun Watson. Was Dak on there? I couldn't remember if Dak. So was on I don't there. know if Dak was on there, but I know Dak donated some money. Uh, yeah, he did. I think he donated like a meal, man. Uh, yeah, and he, he ain't even got his contract yet. No, nah, he, he ain't even he, signed his tag yet. Not at all, man. You know, Dak playing with house money, man, donating to the cause, and you know that's that's cool to me. You know him doing that, man, because uh, you know some of those quarterbacks, you know, like. Take Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott for interest for 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 instance are biracial. And so sometimes yeah. they get a lot of flack because it's like, oh well, whose side do you lean towards? But for them to speak up and stand up and put some money where their mouth is, man, that's really important. And I really hope that this is just not a fad or a trend, but this really takes off. And it'll be interesting to uh see, you know, what happens during the season, man? Are we going to see more national anthem protests? Are we going to see more kneeling? You know, will that cause divides in locker room? I don't think it should, but you know, you have. I think those- it's a different win now. The fact that the NFL came out and they said something about it because it put the pressure on them. When you get the stars to really step up, see, see, Cap, yeah, Cap took San Francisco to a Super Bowl, but what happened was Cap had already Cap was kind of on his way out. Cap was Cap was going to leave San Francisco that season. You know what I'm saying? He was mm-hmm. up for contract. I'm not even sure he was still starting at the point when that happened. I can't remember. Uh, um, they took I, him out and put in Blaine Gabbert, but Blaine Gabbert was playing so horribly they had to put him back in. Okay, but he wasn't a guaranteed starting spot. So it's different no. from him saying that and then Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, you know what I'm saying, Michael Thomas. You're talking about some elite players in this league that not only – in Zeke, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They not only are elite players in this league, but they have ties. They have influence over other players, you know what I mean? They can significantly impact play on the field. If Michael Thomas sits out, he's going to make it a hard day for Drew Brees. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? If Zeke doesn't play, Dallas is in trouble. If Deshaun Watson decides to pl- not to play and sit out, so they had to make a move. They had to do something. That's why I don't applaud Roger Goodell for coming on and making that BS video. You know what I mean? I don't applaud the NFL for doing that. Right, because they, they had did to it anyway. Be- yeah, it's, it's in their best interest. It's just like all these other companies and corporations coming out to say, I support. Y'all wasn't supporting us in 2016? 
You know what I mean? Most so you wasn't supporting us. Shit, the last 10, 15 years when exactly. Blue Police, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's been supporting. They're supporting now because the winds have changed. There's been riots. There's talks of boycotting and blackouts and stuff like that. So they're trying to get ahead of the curve to say, hey, we stand with you. No, you don't. They didn't even miss your police word, brutality. It's cold word for, hey, we're trying to protect our bottom line. Like, we basically. Need- we need you niggas. That's what they, that's you, what they said. They, did you notice that Roger Goodell never mentioned police brutality? Not at all. And man, I don't <laughs> even. And this is not a political pod, but the whole Democrats and the Kente cloth, bro. I'm like, miss me with that. Oh my that goodness, shit made me, man. man. They, they, Democrats are just so old and out of touch with everything that's going on, and they won't let the new energetic democrats come up because they're still trying to do it in the old system it's disgusting man. you know what man i've learned from this whole experience you can't invite everybody to the barbecue man everybody ain't meant to come through man the barbecue needs to be a private affair man like it used to be back in the day like you got your barbecue I, you know it's just keep the barbecue to a minimal man you everybody know sometimes yeah sometimes people trying to fit in that don't really fit in makes everybody uncomfortable it makes it it just uncomfortable situation you know what i mean speaking of uncomfortable situations man your boy 45 man the donald has something to say of course yeah he has to be the vice and you know one thing that i took from this is that if the nfl would stand against donald right now the winds might be changing on his presidency Mm -hmm. because a lot of the reasons why they didn't say anything about you know kaepernick was because they were scared of trump you know, and Trump was preaching that, you know, you need to stand for the flag. And they didn't want to go against them because Trump was so strong. In the ratings, think, yeah. Yeah, and I think the fact that Trump, I think the fact that um, they are willing to go against Trump right now says that he's not as strong as he was then. And you know what I mean? They're honest, not as scared bro. of him. Racism, a global pandemic, and 40 million people out of work will do that to you. I mean, I'm no so political think, pundit, but that's that's nah, not good. And that's what I'm saying about Roger Goodell and the NFL owners. I think they, because he put pressure on them, because everyone knows he had a vendetta against the NFL because the NFL ran the, uh, was the it? USFL was the, out of business. The USFL yeah. out of business. He literally single-handedly ran the USFL out of business. They yep. were doing okay until they decided to single-handedly go up against, directly go against the NFL, and they ran him out of business. So he held a grudge against the NFL, and he's been attacking them since he's been in office. So that's another reason reason why the nfl did not want to support kaepernick in his protesting and they were you know acting the way that they were acting because he was blatantly saying it and he was getting his people stirred up about it the fact that they're comfortable doing it now means that they're not as scared as they were of him before well he might not be there by the time football season starts fingers crossed (laughs) glory to god Hey, <laughs> maybe. Hey, we'll say hey. that. Yeah, this ain't a political pie, but you know, yeah, they got some thinking? suspicious stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, man, I, I, that spoke volumes that um, Roger Goodell and they were able to come out, come out against it. But he's still trying to speak that divisiveness when he's coming out and he's saying that players should stand. He's trying to bring that same argument back. And like I said, he's not, he's not reading the tea leaves well. <laughs> no, not at all, man. Not at all. So, we're going to switch gears to a sport that we love, college football, man. We don't talk too much about college football. I hadn't had a lot of news. But amidst of what, true, true. <laughs> amidst of what all is going on, man, we had some good old racism down in college football, man. Clemson, Utah, Iowa, 
and a mishap by fellow UCA Central Arkansas. Shout out to the University of Central Arkansas. <laughs> UCA alumnus Mike Norvell, now the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, which that was just a bonehead move on his part. But let's get on Clemson first, man. So I already really, I really don't care for Clemson because I live in the Carolinas and a lot of people around here, you know, I'm a SEC guy by trade, man. You know, being from Arkansas and whatnot. I really don't get the ACC from a football perspective. I don't really care for the ACC from the football perspective. If it wasn't like Miami, Florida State, or Virginia Tech back in the day, I really didn't care about it. The ACC is a basketball conference. Dabo Sweeney is the most annoying winner I've ever seen in my life because <laughs> he just can't win with dignity, man. He just has to be annoying about it, like thinking, oh, everybody's against us. Nobody's against you. You win all the time. But uh, You just said the ACC wasn't shit, so he kind of has a point. Yeah, so... But check this out, man. One of the assistant coaches said the wrong word, that N-word that we don't say in front of the players. And it just came out this week. Debo kind of gave a half-ass statement, half-ass apology. He was getting criticized because he really didn't do anything about it. But when you get to the University of Utah, I think their defensive coordinator said that he's suspended without leave. But Iowa, man, Iowa is a whole other interesting case, man. So not only was the strength and conditioning coach, Saying the highest paid strength and conditioning coach in the, in the country, country. In like $800,000 a year for a damn strength and conditioning coach. He's crazy. Still, like I read the little thing, man. I'm not even, man, look, this is going to be my one name per episode that we forget because I don't even want to say this piece of garbage's name, but <laughs> mocking players, man, saying nigga this and nigga that. Nah, they need to know who it is. It's Chris Doyle from Iowa. And put him Morgan's- out there, bro. And Morgan Scally, the defensive coordinator for Utah. Go ahead and put the Clemson coach out there, too. I don't got the Clemson coach. <laughs> fuck him. Fuck I, I hate him. <laughs> and, then, and then also, man, uh, head coach Kirk Ferris is selling. He, he, was, he was on that bullshit, too. But even though Kirk Ferris said, oh, well, what my son did, and then it's bad as him. You know what? If you're racist, it's all bad. No matter, you know, it's, it's just. But a I lot think, of. I, I think this is probably one of the the least surprising things of all that college football coaches there's racism there. Exactly. I mean, if you just think of the whole college system, uh, most of college football the it's big in the South. You know what I mean? It's like a, a lot of the com- yeah, a lot of the Confederate states. You exploit these black athletes. You treat them like dirt. I think this is the. I don't think anyone was surprised when you heard this. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Especially in Iowa, man. Like how many black folks you know in Iowa? That's not yeah, so that I mean, play a sport. I think even when I heard this news, I was just like, ah, it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It didn't really hit me the same way, which is bad because we get kind of immune to racism and being treated badly but i kind of always just expected it like it's nothing that i didn't expect and it's you know a good what i'm old saying boy network too man like it's a good old boy network and it's it's really funny because like the iowa players were saying like this has been the culture at iowa for like years and it just really didn't shock me because who who so baby if you take it a family of vacation uh, just, his it, name is the assistant at clemson his name danny pierman yeah, Danny Pierman, he's an asshole. Fuck him. <laughs> but uh, have you ever asked the kids, hey, y'all want to go to Des Moines, Iowa, or Ames, Iowa? They probably look no. at you and say, hell nah. So it I don't want to go to Des Moines, Iowa. Bro, I've been, no offense to Des Moines. Look, I've been through Clemson, South Carolina. Ain't, ain't nothing to look at. It's a small town, yeah. about 45 minutes south of Greenville, South Carolina. I've been through there. 
No, nothing most college most college um, towns with major universities are supported all by the college. Right. There's not a ton of college universities that are in major cities. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, there's there, there's some, but the vast majority of them are in smaller towns where the whole town is basically a college. Our Auburn, Alabama, Tuscaloosa, yeah. Alabama, you know, Athens, Georgia. Gainesville, Fayetteville, Fayetteville, Arkansas. (laughs) Yeah, where I went to school at OSU, Stillwater is literally just the school, school. and then ancillary shit surrounding it, just so people have shit to eat and go. Conway, Arkansas. Yeah, like they make these, they make these universities. I mean, part of part of it is probably for land to make the stadiums and the Mm -hmm. campus and just that. That land, but I mean, a lot of these colleges aren't in like huge cities. It's no, not, not super diverse. No nope. kids are contained. I mean, it's no different. We used to hear about uh, the Texas Tech coach locking kids, and <laughs> you don't know, so say players back. Yeah, I heard it. Well, Mike Leach in the SEC Mike. now. Watch out. <laughs> well, he yeah, already I mean, got in trouble treat. once. He got in trouble recently, but they ain't gonna let him go. Man. But that's what I'm saying. Like you gotta, you got kind of a, a privileged kid. Uh, I'm not going to say it's perfect because right is right, wrong is wrong. But you right. got somebody that wasn't used to being treated like that. Then he goes down to a college university and then they treat you any kind of way. And I'm not, I mean, it, it's probably just, I would say that that's probably like you get treated bad no matter what race you are down there. Because usually the better athletes are black. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Of, well, most of the NCAA, well, I'd say it's about what, almost half and half. Yeah, I would. I mean, I don't know when it comes to football, but I don't think it matters because, like, you probably will get treated better if you're a star player. Most star players are going to be black. Yep. For the vast majority. And then let's be honest, man. These coaches will say anything to to you in your parents' living room to get you to come to the school. So they're going to sweet talk you. And then they'll. We, we, who knows, man? Who. Bro, you been you play sports. You know how these coaches talk oh, to you. Yeah. And a lot of times we just let it go. We think it's funny or whatever. But coaches talk bad to kids all the time. Yeah. So you get one that's a little bit racist, you ain't no telling what they might say. So I, And then it becomes. I've never been called a racial slur by a coach, but I've been called all types of motherfuckers and sons of bitches and all that. Yeah. So. You've been getting cursed out by coaches since shit. I was in like fifth ninth grade. grade. Yeah. Well, I wasn't <laughs> fifth grade, but ninth grade. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know, man. But you know, it, it doesn't make it right. It, I just, I'm just not surprised by it. like it's not shocking to me. I'm, I'm surprised that more allegations hadn't come out. Now, I think they Mike will Norvin, now. I don't know. I don't think they will. Uh, well, maybe it'll be for former players. That won't be on anybody on this yeah. team currently. Because you're still in trouble. You got your scholarship. There's playing time situations. Like, they still have total control of you on these college campuses. There's not a lot of people that's just going to come out. Watch it be like a a white whistleblower, like somebody like Tate Martell. (laughs) That that blow up the whole system because he didn't start. (laughs) Nah, man. Hey, I like Tate Martell. He's all right. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Mike Norvell, man, he just suffered from foot and mouth. I, I yeah. That whole situation. Do you think that he was just operating off the fact that he didn't think players would step up and say anything about it? Like he he thought that like no player would call him out. Yep, I think he did, man, because he's like, oh well, I'm the head coach now. You know, I'm in charge. None of them are gonna go against me. I don't think he's built that relationship with those players since he's been there. That's why I think it was dumb to do it. I think he did something that probably would have flew if he was at Memphis. Because oh, they yeah. know him, you know what I'm saying? He's established relationships. They probably just say, you know, he's just, you know what I'm saying? Because once you get to know a dude, you know, I don't think that, 
Like, I don't think Mike Norvell's racist. I don't not know to say if he is or not. not if he isn't. I think he's but a I good dude. Th- I just think the fact that he took for granted of being a head coach at a new school, he thought that it was just that way because you're the head coach. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't... It, he, I mean, it's during the corona. He probably hadn't had time to really meet, let people know him, get cool with him. Because if I believe if he was cool with the players and he would have said that, people would have just brushed it off and just laughed about one it. One phrase would have saved his ass on that one. All he had to do was say, I plan to speak with my team. I plan to speak with my players. Don't say you already did it, bruh. That's like, man, I mean, that's, that's like me telling my wife, oh, you know, Hey, I paid what, the electric bill ch- already. <laughs> but what do you think the chances that he thought someone would say, no, he didn't? Because it's not common. Like, we just talked about racism, and we don't even think other college football players are going to speak up. I think he thought it was – we probably would have said single digits chances. Like, oh, nobody's going to say nothing, but the captain of the defense says something. He's like, yo, we ain't working out until this is resolved. And I see they put the kibosh on it real quick. You know, Norvell apologized, but I didn't think he – I don't think he he thought anybody was gonna buck up to him like that, and I and I I'm proud of that dude who did that because he know he out of there next year anyway. He probably gonna be a first round draft pick, so it's like, hey, fuck it, what's he gonna do? He didn't calculate that he was in Florida. They yeah. wild down in Florida, like, Florida you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, you not in Memphis, you know what I mean? You so, in Florida, quote, bro? Man, to quote the homie <laughs> Q of the two smart dummies, Florida dudes are different kind of cats. Yeah, man. And they are, man. Florida, man. This might this might have rolled if you was in like the Big Twelve. You know what I'm saying? It has rolled at a lot of different schools. I don't know if you try that down in Florida. Nah, boy. man, not in Florida. Them boys, wow. But man, speaking of the Big Twelve, man, shout out to Tom Herman, man. He said something that was really insightful, man. And I shared it the other day, and I want to share this with our audience, man, because we've been talking about a lot of negative stuff going on in the world. But I want to highlight something good, man. And it really surprised me that it came from Tom Herman. Because, you know, Tom Herman kind of got a history of snitching and doing dirtball stuff. But, yep. but uh, man, this really, really, really surprised me, man. And I was impressed by it, man. I might have to say, even though it may pain me to do it, I might have to say hook them horns, man. So this was the following statement from Texas, the Texas Longhorn head coach, Tom Herman. There's a double standard, maybe a little bit. We're going to pack 100,000 people into DKR and millions watch on TV that are predominantly white. Not all of them, certainly, but most of them white. We're going to cheer when they score touchdowns and we're going to hug our buddy when they get sacks or an interception. But we going to let them date our daughter? Are we going to hire them in a position of power in our company? That's the question I have for America. You can't have it both ways. And if you're going to cheer them and love on them for three and a half hours on a Saturday in the fall, you better have the same feelings for them off the field because they're human beings. They deserve the same amount of respect and human rights that all of us do in this country when we agreed upon the social contract to be a member of the United States. So basically, Tom Herman's like, yo, Keep that same energy, man. If a black man can run a ball for you and do all these things and put their body on the line, keep that same energy and treat them like that off the field too. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And I appreciate yeah. that, man. Yeah, man. And you know, I'm an OU fan, so I have no love for Texas. And I've been especially hard on Herman because of what they did to uh, the last coach. Oh uh, yeah, you know I mean? another UCA alumnus, man. Shout out Charlie Strong, even though UCA don't yeah. talk about him for some odd reason, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. So I've been I've been hard on Herman, but I was very surprised that a Texas coach would come out, stand up, and say that. 
Um, so even though I've been hard on him, I think he's a shit coach. I'll give him respect for being stepping up to the plate and making this statement because it was powerful. It it holds weight coming from a university like Texas, not just because it's one of the biggest uh, football organizations in college football, but the fact it's Texas. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Uh, and if you look at the history of college football in Texas, you know what I'm saying? They don't have a great history. <laughs> you know what I mean? So for yeah, him yeah. to come up and stand up for his players um, and win that locker room, that's big of him. Yeah, man, I thought it was really insightful. I thought it was very thoughtful, man, and I thought it was well. And I said. felt like he meant it. That's the that's the difference. A lot of people make statements, make statements, but I feel like he meant it. And I could be totally wrong, but I felt like he meant it. I, I felt he did too. He's very sincere, man, because not a lot of major college football coaches have said anything. I think he was actually, and maybe you know, I could be wrong, but I think he was actually one of the first ones to even speak on it. You know, because we didn't hear anything from Nick Saban, really. You know, maybe we did, but I didn't hear nothing from Nick Saban. You know, I didn't hear nothing from Dabo Sweeney or, you know, uh, Lincoln Riley or none of these other folks who depend on black players and, you know, who... Well, Lincoln Riley said some stuff. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I just don't pay attention to it. I don't pay attention to anything that college football coaches are saying because I immediately... Just say it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Until like when you lie about it, taking a job. <laughs> you yeah, lie about so, anything. But I know I know Lincoln Riley's made some statements. He said that he's okay with protesting as long as it doesn't like interfere with the game or as long as it's peaceful or something like that. So he said small things, but I like I said, I, I just I read the thing that came from Texas because I was shocked that something would come out coming from Texas. Yep. Just like I would be shocked if something if um, Nick Saban came out and said something. Boy, because me. you look at Alabama and, you know, Alabama as a state, their history, if he comes out and say something, that would be shocking boy, to Nick me. Nick Saban going to come out in a kente cloth with a kufi on <laughs> and, boy, start reading Maya Angelou poetry. Boy, as long as college football players have to go to college – Yep. Uh, Nick Saban's safe. They know where they come, and they're trying to go pro, bro. Mm-hmm, yep, that's right. Nick Saban gonna come out with a with a with a dashiki on and shit with some J's. <laughs> nah, I don't know about that one, but uh, well, you know, nobody would dare speak up in Nick Saban's system. Nah, nobody. Gonna Too do many that. five stars there. You could be benched immediately. Yep. It's like, oh, you don't want to do it? Well, we have somebody who will. Yeah, we're going to transfer you out, sir. Man, <laughs> tenth episode of the pod tonight, man. We usually. You know, we usually have a happy pod, man. We goof off, but nah, man, we had to get this out of the way because it was in the news, man. And, you know, anything that's in the news, we're going to speak on it and we're going to give our opinions 100%. But uh, before we go, man, we got to plug the good old Two Smart Network, www.twosmartnetwork.com, where you can find this show as well as the whole roster of all-stars that we got there. So we got to plug... The Black Content Corner with Kenny B, man. Like It's just something about Kenny B voice, man. I know she can make a good pot of greens, man. Fix some good <laughs> sweet tea. East side that Memphis country twang and that accent, man. But, hey, it was a good podcast. A lot of good information shared on there. She had an awesome analysis of uh, some of the music that's out right now. Her and Q reviewed Insecure. So, be sure to catch... The new podcast, the Black Content, or the Black Content Corner with Kenny B, as well as uh, you know Random Nostalgia with Q and Rolo, so they should have a new episode pretty soon. Also, the return of the Finance Doctor, Doctor O, man, jewels on deck for everybody. Game you up on how to get your bread up during this pandemic. He will be coming back soon, so really excited yeah, we, for that. 
yeah we got a lot of new content we got a lot of the old content but we're trying to just keep content going i think we've done a pretty good job with that through the coronavirus and we don't plan on stopping um still got some new shows in the work that we should be debuting soon but we're just trying to make it uh you know diverse a little something for everyone to listen to you go to www.2smartnetworking see our, all our content you can also find us on instagram at number two smart network uh, and also on facebook man we post a lot of links to give you direct access um instagram doesn't allow us to post our website link on there so facebook is a good spot to go you can find me on there bobby b-o-b-b-y reed or you can look up the number two smart network in our logo. You also have Carrie Perry, KP, uh, yep. on there. And you can find us. We post all our content on there. Yeah, man. We share it all the time. Also, you know, uh, some of our other podcasts have pages too. So the Sexy Suburban Dad podcast has its own page. Uh, when the Smoke Clears does as well. Oh, we didn't plug Cutting Up, man. Got to plug your new show, Cutting Up, man. Let them know what that's going to be about. Yeah, Cutting Up, man. I, don't, I ain't ready to plug it yet. It's okay. on delay. Like... Like I said, he has some, he has some family stuff going on, so we, it's pushed back as of right now. So Man. that's still in production, but that's that's a go. <laughs> Cutting up coming soon. I'm over here being extra, overstating my boundaries, <laughs> man. You know, with the producer on the line, man. I can't do that, but uh, yeah, yeah man, we got some good stuff. Pro- production coming, has been delayed, but it, it's definitely coming. That's my me and my homeboy Jr. best friend. So it's definitely gonna come. It's just I, been delayed. I like that, right man. Now. Cutting up, man. That's a good one. Like, <laughs> if I had a if I had an R&B album come up, I'd call it Cutting Up. But. <laughs> Hey, bald dudes can't make an album called Cutting Up. Man, you can. You can cut your beard, man. I still go to the barbershop, and I'm bald, man, for for a good face lineup and a conversation. When I grow all this this goatee back, man, y'all was roasting my little goatee that I had. Like like you said, you going for the conversation, not for the cut. Hey. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. Whatever. (laughs) All right, man, man, but go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, hey, man, I think that's that wraps it up, man. We got a new Sexy Suburban Dad coming soon. We got a Wind of Smoke Clears coming soon. I'm sure that'll be a riot and hilarious at the same time. So be on the lookout Yeah, with that. That, that Wind of Smoke Clears, we're going to give off our favorite top 10 R&B albums. So that's going to be a good show. And thank you once again for having me on, man. I like Wind of Smoke Clears. It really got me into the Too Smart Network. You know, you guys do a great <laughs> job. Uh, also, two smart dummies. They had an interesting uh, draft episode, so that was that was a good one, man. You keep saying you guys like you're not part of the network. I'm gonna need you to take some ownership here soon. Thank you, man. I, I feel good to be part <laughs> of the family. You know, I feel like I'm, you know, I feel like it's the Godfather, man, and I'm young Michael Corleone coming back, man. You know, but I'm part of the family, so on the winning team, Mike, you know. Michael ended up running everything, right? Uh, well, that's a bad analogy. All right, it's like when. The, <laughs> all right, so since we on a football show, it's like when prime time came to the Cowboys. You know, like baby, you know you. Well, you ain't light enough to be Troy Aikman, but you could be like you know Michael Irvin, and you know Petey could be. Man, you about to call me uh, Troy Aikman with these times right here? Don't disrespect me. To, man. <laughs> so I guess Mark, I guess Q would have to be Troy Aikman, man. He got the complexion, uh, <laughs> but you know, hey, prime. What was time. the? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Michael Irvin. Oh, speaking of man. <laughs> Before we go, hey, if you hadn't listened to you know what song I listened to this weekend, just randomly out of nowhere and just bumped it all weekend, that Deion what? Sanders must be the money, bruh. Man, that used to be my favorite video as a kid. Bruh. When that came on. Ain't it a bop, bruh? It's a whole bop bro. out here, man. Hey. I feel I feel like if I feel like if it's your first time listening, don't just look up the song. YouTube the video. Yes. You gotta see the video with the song. The it video can't just is be insane. the song. 
when you talk about drip, Prime had drip, man. I mean, it's it's crazy drip. And I mean, the video is just so outlandish, man. Like it was, it was just, but it's it's him. It wouldn't be anything else. I, we need a must be the money part two, Prime. If you're listening. We need another must be the money, man. Must be the money too. We gotta have it. But yeah, put all the kids in there this time, man. Put them all in there. Yeah, it's funny. We were having a conversation through our group chat, and Q was asking who would you want to see a documentary of since we seen the Jordan. And I was saying prom time. He was like, nah. And I don't know why. Prom time is one of the most interesting characters, like ever. <laughs> like well, he's entertaining. We bro. got the thirty for thirty, man. But I just wanted. I I was honestly I left more. one more, yeah. Because I yeah. mean, not only did he play football and baseball, because you know, prom was like well, one. I was a big prom fan because my dad looked a lot like prom Tom, and so you know, people at my school would think my dad was Deion. I Sanders. saw that picture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he do. He had the Deion Sanders. When, look, when prom man. had the curl. Yeah, yeah. My dad, hey, I'm telling you, boy, <laughs> we had that. We had the Duke. S curl in our house, strong growing. That's probably why I'm bald now. Yeah, the chemicals. Uh, yeah, man. You know, <laughs> hey, nothing but the natural juices and berries. You feel me? Mm. But, uh, but nah, man. Prime time. Ain't nothing but an ultra perm. I know, right? <laughs> prime is so interesting, man. And if you watch any of the little reality shows he was on, man, the way he interacts with his kids, man. I mean, Prime is just a good all around good dude, doing a lot of work with AB, man. So. You know, let's not forget that he played a baseball game and then took a helicopter to a football playoff game, right? Not just any baseball game, the effing World Series, bro. Okay, so he played in the World yes. Series and took it to the football yes. game. Like, you know what I mean? So, Prom is one of the most interesting characters. It's either got to be Prom or Bo Jackson in my eyes. Man, greatest <laughs> shutdown corner ever. And I got to shout out to Bo Jackson, man. Old one Vincent Bo Jackson. I actually got his book, Bo Knows Bo, man. Read it. It's a good read, man. Him and Dick Shep did that back in the day. I plan on picking that up. and Well, I plan on reading it after I get through with the Jordan rules. So, but yeah, man. I got it. I got it. Now, you remember that cartoon um, that was Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson? I vaguely do. I'm a sin. I, I can't remember the name of it right now, but that was like one of my favorite cartoons. It had Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson, and Wayne Gretzky, and they were like superheroes playing their sports. I remember it, <laughs> but I was like a little kid. like a li- I was probably my son's age, man. I had to look it up. But uh, hey, yeah, man, I used to love that show. Hey. It didn't last, but it was awesome to me. Hey, we we sports heads, man. So all I know is I got 472 yards and three quarters on Tech Mobile. Mm. I can tell you that. Cheating. Nah, I wouldn't. Who'd you have, Bo Jackson? Of course, I had the Raiders. <laughs> That's the only way to go. Totally. Well, Bo Jackson's such a cheat code. They do it now with Bo Jackson. You can literally run to the other end zone and run back, and then run back to the other end zone. Nobody can catch him. The good old days, man. But hopefully. A change is coming with everything that's going on right now. You know, once again, R.I.P. Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and everybody else who's lost their lives to senseless police brutality. Man, you know, we uh, that's what what inspires us to grind here at the Too Smart Network, and hopefully, you know, this is uh gonna be around for a long time and not just a fad. I know what we do, man. You know, we plan on putting that on the forefront of what we do, man. But uh, anywho, man. Been fun as always, man. For the homie, big facts. It's your guy KP. We out. Peace. Peace.